0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club, and happy Thanksgiving to you. So, the situation is this. I'm going to be spending a few days with my family for Thanksgiving. So, we're going to make a fantastic offer for everybody to celebrate the Thanksgiving and the Christmas holidays. So, Prophecy Club started inviting guests, making recordings back in June of 1993. Over 19 years, we made Uh, About 330 recordings, 160 different guests, and we've offered these typically for about $30 each. Some of them are doubles for like $50. However, today you can go and watch about 300 recordings valued about $6,000 at WatchProphecyClub.com for a gift of $20 a month or $200 per year. That's a great deal, but we're about to make it even better. For the month of December... 2021, if you sign up for WatchProphecyClub.com, that's $20 a month or $200 a year, you're going to get the whole month of December, that's right, the whole month of December, free, just for signing up, but you got to use the promo code WPC2021. Here's the way you do it. You go to WatchProphecyClub.com, and then you click Get Access Today, You put in the promo code WPC2021, as in Watch Prophecy Club 2021. I'll say it again. So you go to WatchProphecyClub.com, you click Get Access Today, and you put in the promo code WPC2021. You can watch any or all of, if you can watch all of the 300 DVDs during the month of December free. So right now, let's go watch the one of the most popular ones, I saw the tribulation, which was recorded by Ken Peters, May of 2000. Welcome to the Prophecy Club. This week's speaker is Ken Peters. He is a true prophet of God. In some 90 speakers the Prophecy Club has had now as guests, there's not been a lot of them that I can really call a true prophet of God. There are some of them that move in and out of that office, but there are very few people that you meet in life that truly stand and operate in that office and do it constantly, all day long, every day. Ken is one of those. I called him, was talking to him about coming in and speaking to the Prophecy Club and uh, when I was talking with him I said, well what do you do for a living? And he rather humbly said, well I'm a prophet. I go out and I prophesy to different people, I minister to different people. As a matter of fact, as soon as I get off the phone I'm going to be ministering and prophesying to 18 different pastors. And I said, well, good. There's some things going on at the Prophecy Club. I'd certainly like to uh, hear a word from the Lord. I said, why don't you just pray and see what the Lord would say? And he put it down on a tape. It's 12 minutes long, and I've listened to it probably 25 times. It's on the on-hold music when you call the Prophecy Club right now, and it's been a true blessing. And in my opinion, he is the most powerful, most specific uh, prophecy, the word of the Lord, that I have heard in my days in the ministry. So I think that's a pretty good recommendation. He has just been released to tell two dreams given to him over 20 years ago. And they'll explain the events that many of them have already come to pass. And he gives you a powerful, sequential, detailed look at the trouble that's coming ahead, all the way from the judgment of the nations to revival and to unprecedented persecution with a lot of hope mixed in. Will you help me welcome Ken Peters? <clears throat> You, brother. Yeah.
1: Thanks a lot. I'm glad to be with every one of you here in South Bend. A little tired. We've been quite busy here lately but filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'd like to start first with a word of prayer tonight if that'd be okay with each of you. Maybe you can take the hand of the person next to you and Let's just agree for the Lord's release upon this night and what he has in mind. Lord, we give you praise for the, the love of God that you've extended through us through Jesus Christ. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that that mercy is new every morning and we thank you for the extension of it upon our lives even this very hour. Lord, we desire that you would receive glory tonight in all that's said and accomplished in this meeting. We desire, Lord, that your spirit would direct each of us to not only have a a voice to speak but ears to hear and hearts to apply the truth that you would give to us. We give you praise, Lord, and we thank you for the authority that you've given to us to hold back the forces that would oppose us in your work, Lord. Tonight, Lord Jesus, we say be magnified in our midst and give us a sensitivity to give uh, the direction of your spirit as you would lead. Nothing more and nothing less, Lord. And for that we give you praise, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to begin to start sharing with you tonight, um, first from a background that may, may seem a little unusual to you, um, from where I came from, and you may have to actually try to place yourself uh, in the type of thinking that I was involved in at the time. Uh, I was born and raised as a Roman Catholic. Uh, my parents were Portuguese and, and Irish, and so there's a, a long lineage there of uh, Roman Catholicism. So uh, if you can possibly try tonight to put yourself in that kind of thinking, I think the, uh, the uh, presentation of the dream might help you. Is there anybody here tonight that uh, was a practicing Roman Catholic uh, before they met Jesus? Quite a few here tonight. Keep your hands up. That way I know who my friends are later on. Oh, Okay, <laughs> good, good. You'll know what I'm talking about in some of the different aspects of this presentation. Uh, As a little boy, I began to have visions. I wasn't sure what a vision was. This first happened to me as we were doing a traditional ceremony in the church called Stations of the Cross. Some of you folks might remember what that was. These were ten stations set up in a Catholic church where you would pray the rosary. When I received this dream, to kind of skip ahead just a moment, uh, I was not a Christian, I wasn't saved. I hadn't read really much of the Bible whatsoever except a few uh, passages on Sunday in church. We we had a few passages that we would read occasionally. And in high school I read uh, uh, the Gospel of John. So uh, I wasn't in a place where I knew what was happening in this dream. And this uh, disturbed me greatly. And so you'll see tonight as this begins to unfold that uh, God is an amazing God as to why he would reveal something to someone that knew nothing at all and so i'm going to kind of ask you try to put yourself in that place tonight realizing that uh, don't sit in here tonight uh, for for long as you're hearing the dream knowing what you know right now but try to put yourself so to speak in a place where you didn't know any of this and it was being revealed to you in such a way uh, that it was the first time that you ever saw or heard such things uttered as i said i began to have visions as a little boy uh, in the second grade uh, the first time was when the stations of the cross, which were pictures on the wall, actually came to life and Jesus was uh, carrying the cross in the week of passion. I saw him as a little boy with the crown of thorns on his head, uh, just shoved into his, uh, his head. They were long thorns. They weren't like what I had always thought in my mind, maybe like rose thorns or something like that. But they were long thorns and they were actually some of them were protruding from the sides of his, uh, his head. He was bleeding a a great deal down his face. His face was uh, beaten uh, extensively, almost to the point that it was difficult to tell uh, who this person was. Many things I've learned over the years uh, from following the Lord that were actually uh, clear scriptural directions about his life that I saw in visions before I had read the Bible. This is part of the reason that I'm so certain about things that God has shown me because of how they've come to pass and played themselves out. As I saw this, uh, I saw from the point of him carrying the cross where the lacerations on his back were more than just stripes. I always imagined in my mind they were just, you know, stripe marks, but they were actually deep lacerations uh, where even the, the tissue of his muscles were exposed. And so it was a very gruesome thing to see as a little boy. I saw him crucified. The cross I saw was not high off the ground, but actually uh, only about two feet off the ground and i saw dogs urinating on the cross i saw people spitting on him i saw people mocking him verbally Uh, it was a very very violent scene that i saw as a little boy if you can just try to imagine for a few moments a second grader seeing this and it actually was played out to me uh, in a vision that seems much more real than you being here tonight uh, in front of my own eyes I don't know how to explain right now how that happens. I just believe that God chooses to do things uh, because He's God and He's uh, omniscient and He has His ways. Uh, I wish somehow I could tell you the formula for how your mind works on a vision, but I just don't know. This began to keep continuing in my life till about seventh grade, and I finally got to a point where the peer pressure and the troubles that I was getting in with my friends uh, because of crying and and being touched by the presence of the Lord, although I didn't know that that's what was happening, uh, I was being kind of persecuted for it. My family thought I was a little off. And so I pretty much asked God, stop this. I don't want any more of this. This is not blessing me. This is not helping me. I'm losing uh, my friends. I'm losing uh, you know, credibility with my family. They think I'm nutty. They think I'm losing my marbles. And so just stop this. And it stopped. And I, I must say, uh, about a short time after that, I became quite rebellious. Uh, At the point, uh, up until that point where I asked it to stop, I was a very sensitive young person, uh, real obedient to my parents, uh, just a good student, had won some citywide awards. But as soon as I asked this to stop, pretty much my life began to really take a clear direction uh, in the wrong path. Uh, Several years later, I had gotten married, and and, um, in early 1980, around August, uh, I went to sleep this night, just about like any other night, um, I want to tell you some specifics so you'll know. I, I was not intoxicated. I was not under the influence of any hallucinogenic drugs. Although there had been some times I had smoked marijuana and had drank in my life, uh, the night that I had this dream I did not go to bed in a condition of, of stupor or uh, you know, intoxicated or anything like that. I fell asleep, and it was one of those types of nights when you kind of can tell you're falling asleep. You kind of you know, drift off, and you know you're just about asleep. Just as soon as I fell into sleep, this dream began to start. It started with a very, very, very loud noise. The best description that I can give to you would be to tell you it sounded like uh, a, a car horn uh, from the 70s. How many remember what car horns Sounded like in the 70s. They were very loud horns in those days. Or now they're just kind of a little beep, 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 beep kind of horn. But in those days, I mean, if you really laid on the horn, they were loud. This kind of sounded like that, except for it was extremely loud, very ear-piercing, and it it lasted for a long period of time, kind of like a stuck horn. Has anyone ever heard a stuck horn? It was very similar to that. Uh, Right at that moment of hearing this, I was given the ability... Again, I'll share with you some things that seem to be very chronological in how this dream worked out. And yet, in some places, I can't tell you specific time frames because it was almost as though I was interjected into different situations uh, without the understanding of time moving along. Some things were just very panoramic. It was just a wide, big picture that I saw. But at this point of the dream, I was given the opportunity uh, to see kind of from the... um, the heavens looking down on the earth and what I saw was that I was able to see the globe was kind of out here like this and I was able to see very clearly many cemeteries and graveyards then I was brought very close to many of these graveyards and what I saw was a very unusual thing to me it was that the ground was breaking open literally the dirt was breaking open kind of violently and people were coming out of the graves um i'll tell you that as a catholic i prayed many many times that uh, i believed in the resurrection of the dead but i i don't really believe at that point in in the dream especially that i was persuaded that that would actually happen i know now that that's what i saw i saw dead people resurrected from the graves the condition that they came out was very unusual and uh, the, the other thing that was unusual is that uh, one cemetery plot uh, headstone would have a person come out of the dirt, and one next to it would not. There, it seemed to be uh, uh, kind of a, a not, not just random, but kind of a categorized uh, launching, so to speak, of these people out of the dirt. Again, it was very violent. It was almost... Uh, as though the, the the dirt was receiving a small explosion or something and breaking open. And I literally saw dirt flying. And I saw this all over the globe. It wasn't just in one area. It wasn't just in, say, the United States. It was all over. And when people would begin to come out, their appearance, uh, two things about their appearance first astounded me. The first thing was that the clothes they were wearing uh, seemed to be like a choir robe. Uh, they... they uh, were kind of like a long dress, so to speak, uh, a cloak almost hanging off them. Uh, But in the middle of the day, uh, it was like uh, uh, those outfits that entertainers wear when they're under the lights and the lights, uh, you know, key in on them and the sequins kind of make the light just shoot off and they glimmer. These people came out in the middle of the day glimmering. Their outfits and their person was brighter than the sun. I I wish I could explain that to you other than I could see the brightness of these people coming out. Men, um, although they had these robes on, appeared to be very, very masculine. Uh, You know, I always used to think that, you know, those robes I had to wear when I graduated from school kind of looked kind of feminine, you know. But these things that these people were wearing were masculine, and yet when women were resurrected, uh, they looked very feminine. Again, I'm going to give you the, the, the dream exactly as I saw it. Some things I wish sounded more exciting and other things I wish were just a bit tamer, but I'm going to give it to you exactly as I saw it. These people that came out, it was difficult for me to explain this over the years, older people would come out with the appearance that they were old, but they weren't old. They, you could tell that they had lived a full life, uh, maybe you know 80 years, 75 years, something like that, but, uh, say, for instance, their hair that was lost was go- was back again. Um, they looked mature, but they didn 't look aged okay young people I saw a lot of young young people resurrected, and uh, although they looked very young they they, they, they weren 't very young they, there was a maturity about them. I, I wish again I could clearly define how this appeared uh, during the dream um, the 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 Position that I was in at this time didn't give me the allowance to understand these things because of the staunch Catholicism that, that my family and I had practiced. I had never heard of of Protestant uh, Christian practices. I had never been to a Protestant ter- church. I had never uh, experienced someone witnessing to me the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, and the plan of salvation. I had never read the book of Revelation. And to be very, very frank with you, uh, even to this day, It would have been a lot easier for my life if I would have never been given this dream. Uh, I wanted to just kind of do my thing and uh, carry on with my life. I thought it was going just fine until this began to happen. So just to to help you understand, I did not ask for this. I've never asked to see the Lord. I've never asked to see angels. I've never asked to have visions. Uh, Usually every time I get something like this, I end up getting in some sort of trouble. And so I, I don't really like the trouble that kind of follows you Uh, When God starts to show you things, Uh, the other thing that I want to make clear to you is when this was happening, I really didn't understand that it was God at first. And so just to have you understand where I came from, there was no desire for me to experience this dream. Uh, All of a sudden, the people that came out, uh, they, they they just disappeared. I wish I could tell you where I saw them go. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they were taken and hidden somewhere. I don't know if they were taken in the clouds because I never saw them go up. I never saw them go away. They just vanished. Okay? One thing I can tell you is I did not see one person on planet Earth changed like we've read in the Bible where it says, You know, the dead in Christ shall rise first and those which are alive and remain shall be changed. I didn't see anybody at that point when I saw these people come out of the grave changed or get zapped out of planet earth, meet the Lord in the clouds. I didn't see anything like that, okay? Again, I need to tell you, I had never heard of a rapture. I'd never, I never, As a Catholic, second coming of Christ was not even a dogma of our church. We didn't practice the belief in a second literal coming of Jesus Christ. And so this all was very foreign to me. And uh, as soon as these people... Uh, disappeared, for a lack of words, wherever they went, mass hysteria began to hit the earth. Uh, people had the appearance of absolute despair, um, hysteria, there was pandemonium everywhere, there was mass chaos, lawlessness, and fearless, or fear was working everywhere. Uh, I was able again to see in many quadrants of the earth, and there wasn't any one nation that was under this. All of the globe was experiencing this. It was a, a very, very unusual uh, instance that happened. It, in the dream, uh, uh, I wasn't able always to uh, perceive what was going on, and yet I was still struggling with my mind during the dream. I don't know if you've ever had dreams where you were dreaming things, but in your mind you were very much... Uh, aware that you were dreaming, and it was almost kind of like you were two people. You know what I mean? It's like you were almost divided. I was seeing the dream happening, and yet in my mind, I was really not wanting to be a part of this dream, but I, to be very frank with you, I had no choice. As this dream was unfolding, and by the way, it lasted the whole night with the interruption at about three o'clock in the morning, I had no control to come out of this dream, Uh, I will tell you that I've learned how to change my dreams. When I go to bed and the devil decides to try to give me a bad dream, I've learned how to tell my mind, not going there, nobody's going to chase me with a gun and try to shoot me. I'll just change it. Well, let me tell you, I could not change this one. I wished I could have somehow. Uh, Definitely my life for 20 years, uh, part of it, anyways, would have been a whole lot easier. It wasn't easy to receive this. It wasn't easy to sit on it for the amount of time that I've had to sit on it. Uh, my credibility has come into question many, many times because of, well, if this is so powerful, why didn't you share it? Well, I firmly believe that if I would have shared this uh, publicly when I got this, one, nobody would believe me because there was no credibility established in my ministry, and two, it would have probably destroyed me because I didn't possess the character character of Christ needful to really walk out something like this and understand what uh, all entails with a revelation like this. Paul talked about revelations coming and bringing trials. And so I know that I really wasn't ready for this. Uh, As the mass pandemonium and despair began to permeate society... There was uh, a very unusual event that happened, television, uh, telephone, radio, and this other unusual communication device. I was able to see into many, many homes in the United States, these white boxes that were about this big that looked to be like televisions. And when I saw these, they were in nearly every single home in the U.S., and they would have words written across them, and occasionally it would almost look as though television was playing through them. All of those uh, media devices were shut down for about a two-week period. I know now that what I was seeing was personal computers in people's homes. In 1980, I've done some studies, by the way, about all the things I saw to see if, in fact, I was hearing something from God, because I'm not about to go on national television or around the globe and share this if it's incorrect. I have a ministry of my own right now, and I don't feel like jeopardizing what the Lord has established for the past 17 years. In in 1980 and 81, there was less than a half a percent of American homes that had a computer in it personal computer IBM was just transitioning from data entry cards into hard drive and and uh, RAM memory into their computer processes the one computer that was on the scene at the time was called a Commodore some of you might remember that it was actually a word processor with a very very small amount of memory and so I saw these in homes just about everywhere all these things were shut down uh, one of the things that was happening during this uh, hysteria was many many peoples were asking where did these people go what happened and all the globe saw this event uh, or they experienced it a- afterwards what I saw in people was that literally nearly everyone I experienced had a great great look of despair and hopelessness upon their face everywhere I went there was hopelessness nobody seemed to be happy about living Um, You know, I've never experienced that. I've been to a lot of public places where people are bummed out, not happy, not doing well, but not the globe in masses. I don't know, maybe you've seen that. I haven't. Uh, So this hysteria brought a complete hopelessness and total perplexity to just about everyone. The television communications were down for a period of time. Again, people have asked me, well, what do you think caused that? I'm really not positive, but I would like to put something on the overhead tonight uh, to show you an article. And for many of you uh, Prophecy Club folks here tonight, this, this isn't new information to you. For some of the visitors that might be here, this may be very new information. This was an article. Let me move this down just a hair. This was an article that was given to me two weeks before this tour started. Let me share with you a few details. I did not want to take this tour, okay? I really did not want to connect to the Prophecy Club, uh, when I got the prophecy for them, the Lord had told me some things about this ministry and how everything they were saying was about the end times. And I'm thinking, no, 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 I don't want to go there. I've, booted, I've been booted out of enough churches. I've been, I've been persecuted enough for my position. I'm not going to hook up with anybody that's going to just completely declare the end as they really believe it. Now, you know, uh, all of us have to leave the fear of man sooner or later in our lives. Amen? So uh, that's what I had to do. And uh, when I was praying about this tour, the Lord said He would give me daily a sign everywhere I went, a sign in the natural that what I had seen was truly Him. We walked in the airport today. We were coming through the terminal, and He showed me uh, a, a Humvee sitting in the main area of the terminal of this airport. And by the way, it was the exact type that I saw. The one that I'm going to show you tonight on the overheads later, it's not the same one. This article was a reprint. Uh, actually, I have the original copy. If you would like it, uh, I can get it to Prophecy Club, and, and you could uh, request that. They'll you know, get it to you. Uh, this was in the uh, 1991 uh, Santa Barbara, California, news press paper. This has to do with a single high-altitude nuclear blast by a rogue nation, which could, would bombard the continental United States with electromagnetic rays, crippling civil and military electronics from light bulbs to computers, Uh, Military experts warned Congress Wednesday. Uh, Such an explosion would unleash electromagnetic pulse. I'm going to move this up just a hair. Would release an electromagnetic pulse that would erase computer data in banks, stock market, halt cars, trucks, shut down electricity in the lower 48 states. This is interesting to me because I prophesied a long time ago that Alaska would not experience the judgment that the 48 states would receive. I got this paper, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. The pulse would last only a fraction of a second. Our civilian telephone, electricity, communications, and electronic plants are all naked to our nuclear-armed enemies, said Lowell Wood, a physicist with the Lawrence Livermore Laboratories. Even a modest single-explosion EMP attack on the U.S. would likely devastate us as a modern post-industrial nation. I'll move this up just again a bit. Any nuclear-capable nation, including Russia, China, and North Korea. I'm going to talk to you tonight about North Korea, some specifics. Uh, I have some inside information that the Lord has allowed me to see about North Korea and China. Uh, Any nuclear-capable nation, including these nations, could cripple the U.S. military machine and lay waste to modern American civilization, said Wood, who also is a consultant to the Defense Department. Again, that's an article from the 1991 Santa Barbara News Press. How many folks here tonight already know about that? Okay. Some things that we we learn, we learn in the natural. Other things we learn in the spirit. Much of what I've learned about end-time revelation has been in the prayer closet. I haven't got to uh, go into government strategic positions and things like that, except in the spirit. And so I'm actually quite excited that God is, is showing me some things that um, uh, other men have got to be a part of by being strategically placed. This uh, shutdown alarmed all of the peoples, and it lasted for about two weeks. Can you imagine briefly tonight all of your communications, your telephone, computers, television, and radio being shut down for a two-week period of time? Can you imagine the hysteria? Can you imagine, you know, the inability for a supermarket to contact its suppliers to get more, more supplies or gasoline or, or transactions? I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you begin to see it kind of unfold, the depth. This lasted about two weeks. Again, I want to remind you, I was not a prophecy studier or expert at this time when this vision came to me. I began to walk the streets in shock at the current events. The events are difficult to describe because lawlessness and fear was permeating society completely. After about two weeks of time, television and radio began to be back up and running. However, it was completely different than what was previously uh, being broadcast. The broadcasts were being bombarded nearly everywhere, and they were depicting a soon-to-come new government and leadership. A man would be emerging to lead us. The man finally came on the scene, and he spoke with great eloquence. I wrote these things down exactly as I saw them. He spoke spoke with great eloquence and charisma. He was soothing and promised answers to all current issues. This man was smooth and extremely convincing, able to solve nearly all problems. He was a consummate communicator. And he explained how this removal of people was God's judgment upon them. This rattled me in the dream. I, I did not understand his position. Let me tell you so you can kind of comprehend where I'm coming from. Not being a a born-again Christian in the dream, when this man spoke, it it, it began to convince me. It began to pull me in. To the messages, I don't know if any of you have seen old uh, film uh, films of Adolf Hitler speaking to the masses, but he had a demonic uh, charisma about him that would literally pull the masses to him. That was nothing compared to what I saw. Nothing. He was able to rally a nation. This this individual was rallying the globe. It was very, very frightening. Uh, almost immediately he began to communicate through large screen televisions that were strategically placed everywhere the general populace met think back for me for just a few moments 1980 1981 large screens televisions no few pizza parlors had those projector televisions you know with the three different colors that would project an image but large screen televisions weren't out folks and neither was 24-hour news Everywhere the populace met, big screen televisions were pumping this message. I travel a lot all over the place, and everywhere I go where the populace meets now, they have televisions. Restaurants have them. I've been to some restaurants where you have a television right at your table, so you're keeping up with everything. Airports, everywhere you go, everywhere the populace meets, you're being bombarded with messages. This was the norm. Now, what was strange about this is that this man's speeches and directions for the whole world had to do with new times upon us as human beings, new directives for global peace, and the need to give up current citizenship for world citizenship. Now, I must tell you, I've been raised a red-blooded American, and when I heard this in the dream, I could not fathom it. Uh, you know i 've always had a, a gun i 've always hunted and fished, and i 've always put my hand over my heart at ball games when we sang the, the, the national anthem i 've always respected men in the military and women in the military. I love this country, and so to have this experience in this dream rattled me to the very core of my being. This man continually and constantly spoke of world order and the benefits of all men dwelling together in peace. Now, even though I was disturbed in the dream, I was also being pulled into this because it sounded very, very good. World peace sounds good until you see the cost. Let me tell you, there is no world peace until the Prince of Peace establishes His throne on this earth. That's That's the bottom line. No human being is going to bring peace to this earth. Only the human being who is all human, all God, is going to bring peace to this earth. That's Jesus Christ. And so I began to really think of relinquishing my citizenship, and this alarmed me uh, greatly. Uh, even though this was a, a message that pulled strongly upon me, I somehow wasn't convinced of this new order. I constantly heard the word new order, world order, and new times, but I never did hear new world order. I don't know why. You know, I don't know if they changed the name in the future or if... Or if the dream was trying to show me different perspectives, I I don't know. A lot of things I've asked the Lord, and He hasn't answered my questions. Some things He's answered them very clearly to me. So my freedoms and my patriotism were instantly being eroded from my understanding. Now listen to this, please, very carefully. At staggering rates, people were buying right into this plan that this man was releasing through the airwaves. At staggering rates. No resistance. No one was fighting it. No one was saying anything publicly. I I, I can't tell you if the airwaves were uh, controlled to the point where you couldn't come on and say certain things. It's just about like that right now in the U.S., by the way. You, You can't just get on the three major networks and say what you want. I mean, no, I'm telling the truth tonight. You can't do that. And so I don't know if that was the occurrence at the time or if basically it was just that everything had turned over. Some things, like I said, I don't have all the answers to. I began to go into a serious, serious depression. I began to ask myself questions. Is this the end of the world? You know, I think just about every person that's been born has always wondered uh, in the inside of themselves about the end of the world, regardless of when you were born. You know, it's amazing to me that you read the the epistles and you find that even when Peter and Paul were preaching, they were already asking if the end of the world was upon them. And so I began to ask those same questions to myself. I, at this point in the dream, some very unusual things began to happen. I was hopeless, and so I, uh, I, I've always had a practice in my life when I'm in despair or in confusion to go for walks. I still do it now. I live near a beach, and I'll walk on the beach. And so in the dream, I started going for walks, and, and I was hoping for answers. You have to understand, the whole world was experiencing this despair and this, uh, this chaos that was permeating society. No one, by the way, was isolated from this no one was hidden from this this was engulfing the whole globe i was able to see into different regions into different continents and everyone was experiencing this it was almost as though the world had all become a third world nation completely behind the times with the ability to to uh emotionally process what was going on on the earth as i was uh, walking one day excuse me for a moment I've been speaking and praying and prophesying a lot lately. Uh, I began to search for some answers and uh, I didn't know where to search. One day I ran into an elderly gentleman and he was the first person during this period of time in the dream that actually appeared to be friendly. He, uh, he looked like uh, that. maybe he had some hope or maybe he uh, might know what was going on. And so I stopped him and I asked him a few questions. I asked him, do you know what's happening in the world? Do, do you have any idea what's going on right now? Uh, earlier, I had told someone that what it appeared to me with this despair, it was that like every person on earth had just left their mother's funeral. Everyone. Can you imagine that for just a minute? Everybody on planet earth had to bury their mom that day and was leaving that, uh, that uh, funeral or memorial service With the weight of that. That's how people appeared. They were very, very grieving. Very, very, uh, excuse me, despondent. Now, when I ran into him, I asked him if he knew what was going on in the world. And this is exactly what he said to me. He told me that the end was coming upon us and that he had not prepared for the times of the Lord. At this statement, sadness filled this man's countenance. Instantly, he went from being joyful to being very, very sad. He said to me that he had not been right with the Lord and then he began immediately to tell me God's plan for man's salvation. He carefully reached in his back pocket like this and looked around over both of his shoulders to see it looked as though to see if somebody was watching him. Now, I can't tell you if Bibles were banned at that point or not because again, I wasn't specifically told that. I wish some things I could say were specifically told to me. This wasn't. But from his appearance, he was very concerned about who was watching him when he pulled this little book out. I didn't know at the time it was the Bible, by the way, because, uh, you know, I wasn't a Bible reader. You know, I was just a pretty typical young Catholic boy uh, doing my thing, and I wasn't interested in the Bible, the Word of God. He pulled this little little pocket book out about this big and began to flip to scritch- Scriptures and would show me the different things in the Word of God about my need for Jesus to be my Savior. He told me that I had to ask Jesus to forgive me of my sinfulness and my sinful nature. And so uh, he told me if I I would do this, that I would be given eternal life, and that, that God's power would lead me during this life, and he would give me a victorious life. And I said, well, that sounds pretty good. And I was convinced, and so I prayed. I prayed, I accepted Christ into my heart in a dream. Now, this is a very strange occurrence, folks, to be a Catholic person not knowing how to find Christ by the born-again experience through the repentance of sins and receiving this in a dream. What's even more interesting is when I woke up from the dream, I could not comprehend it. It took two weeks after the dream for me to become a Christian, seems strange almost doesn't it and so I I prayed the prayer with him he put his hands on me and and prayed some some different prayers and as soon as this happened joy began to fill me and uh, I did as he said I asked Jesus to forgive me for my sinful ways and to fill my heart with his presence now it was unusual about this man because he had a small following with him these were people that had accepted his message that he was telling them about Jesus Christ A very unusual thing was occurring at this time in the earth. Babies were being abandoned just about everywhere. Uh, Almost on every street corner were babies abandoned, left in their little uh, baby seats or their baby uh, baskets. And this was strange because they would be from infancy up to about maybe uh, 16, 18 months, something like that. I could tell that there wasn't any babies over the age of two. And I don't know if that's because, you know, children, when they hit two, they start to change. You know, they have some kind of, uh, I call it rebellion or something. You know, you tell them not to touch the cookies and they look at you and take it anyways, you know. You remember when that started happening to your kids? Well, we didn't pick up any kids like that for some reason. I don't know. Maybe God was sparing us. I have no idea. But we began to pick up children everywhere. And we began to take care of these children. I kind of joined up with this group of people because... They were the only ones that seemed to have any peace at this time anywhere in the whole earth that I'd experienced. Now, some very unusual things were happening with this group of people. It was amazing to me how they could meet people's physical needs. They would always run into people who were in need and they would be able to meet their needs and then somehow lead them to Christ. Now, I didn't know how to do any of this yet because I had just kind of hooked up Uh, with this man. In the dream, my wife had also become a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, and we were kind of hooked up with this man, kind of helping him out. I I, I don't know if I had a job, to be honest with you. I I don't ever remember working in the dream, although there was a couple occasions that I made business transactions. So it may have been that I was working, and it just wasn't revealed to me as an aspect uh, that was important in the dream. I just don't know. Again, there's been many times I've asked to know certain things, and some things the Lord told me someday I'll reveal all of it to you. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe someday that will happen. I can tell you this the man that I saw on the television, the man that could do signs and wonders and fix all the problems, I will tell you this tonight. I will never forget his face. Ever. As long as I live, I will never forget his face. Some people have been downloading information to me on my uh, email and downloading pictures of different people that are claiming uh, who they are. And let me just tell you, it's none of them. None of them. Not yet. Because I will never forget this individual's face. His face was almost supernatural in appearance. He was almost too perfect. He, he uh, was, for a lack of terms, he was the most handsome man I had ever seen. And I just want you to know I'm a very happily married heterosexual, Okay. <laughs> When I say he was a handsome man, I don't mean that in a strange manner. I just mean to tell you that this man had everything going together for him. Everything. He, he, I was telling Stan that he had kind of a chiseled look to his face. And uh, everything about his appearance was almost perfect. And when he spoke, there was just a, a very strange quality about him. It's funny, many years later I read a scripture about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, from Isaiah the prophet that said that Jesus uh, had no comeliness or, or, or uh, features that we would desire to behold him. In other words, Jesus was not some handsome uh, specimen of a male. He was an average, rugged, uh, probably... Uh, different looking person he wasn't uh, the kind of guy that would be voted you know most least or most likely to succeed on the uh, on the the GQ so to speak uh, charts but this guy that I saw was he fulfilled that perfectly and isn't it amazing that the Antichrist would be the antithesis to Jesus yes. Yes. that he would have such a persona that it would be just the opposite of Jesus Christ Although he was not actually prideful, he was very, very brash. But he still carried the ability and uh, charisma about him to levy people into his situations. Um, at this point, we began to really connect with this man and his followers. And some other things that were very strange to me in my thinking was that somehow he seemed, this group of people seemed to happen quite frequently that things would just work out for them in the most unusual ways. Now, I, I, and during the dream, I didn't know what was going on. I did not know that God got involved in the affairs of men. I didn't know that the big God of the universe would come down and you know, be actually interested in, in the affairs of man. As, as, as I grew up religiously, I, I didn't see him in that aspect. I saw him as a very busy God out there, and he had a lot to do, and probably I wasn't important enough because I wasn't a pope or a cardinal or a a, a saint somewhere, or, you know, I wasn't one of those people, so probably uh, I was last on the list. And I know a lot of people feel that way about God right now. But I saw very unusual events happening with this band of followers. Food would multiply. Very unusual things would happen. They would pray for people and people would be healed. Uh, Just very, very strange things uh, that was abstract to my thinking. Now, at this point in the dream, things really began to shift. And what happened was I was on my way to the bank to make a business transaction. Several things uh, in the dream I was revealed. For one, uh, let me see if I have something with me. Yeah, I do. Uh, I I saw this money in 1980. I saw the money that has the big pictures of the different uh, figures on it. In 1980, this money wasn't even talked about yet. Another thing I saw shortly after this money was that the picture of the individual moved over a little bit and there was a blank space on here. And I was shown in the vision that the cash would carry bands in it that could be traced as to who was transacting the cash. You see, it's not just enough to know where your checking account goes and your electronic, say, visa transactions. They wanna know where you're spending cash, too, because it's the ultimate control issue.
0: 40 bucks, $800 value for $100. Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy is a deep dive into Bible Prophecy. Miss the Mark is the book you give to people that you never want to take the mark of the beast. God's Warnings to America is 101, Modern Prophecies, everything from Dimitri Dudeman to rest of the most popular, the most credible prophets out there. Tribulation Secrets in Daniel is the book that you read to understand, as a tribulation saint, what you need to know. And then How Pre-Trib 1 You'll settle your question about the rapture. Now, you can get all five of these in a giant package. We offer them in shrink wrap sets. Shrink wrap sets of 10 for the Understand Bible Prophecy. Miss the Mark is in shrink wrap sets of 10. God's Warning is shrink wrap sets of 10. Daniel is 5. How Pre Trib 1 is 5. So it's a total of 40 books. Valued at $800, all for a gift of just $100 at prophecyclub.com. The good news is EMP Shield has devices the military testing facility says protect 100% against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges, backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. View simple video installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV. You can have electricity in a blackout. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card and it helps your Prophecy Club. These days, emergency food is mostly sold out, but HeavensHarvest.com has all sorts of emergency supplies and food in stock. Their food comes in square stackable buckets, breakfast, entree, protein, fruits and vegetables, I recommend you have at least 12 months of food for each person in your family. Receive a free box of heirloom seeds when you enter the promo code STAN at heavensharvest.com, promo code STAN. Terry Sock is a prophecy student and he reads his King James Bible and he believes in winning souls so much he is supporting the Prophecy Club so that we can win more souls. So if you want to support someone that loves prophecy and wants to win souls, I'm going to send you to CornerstoneAssetMetals.com where you can get all sorts of precious metals, gold, silver, rhodium, palladium, and things like that. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.